Shalom. Okay, so today's learning is going to be L'Zeich Nishmas. Uh, the dedications are start running out. So uh, Yitzchak ben Chaim Alevi, Yaakov ben Shragaf Alevi, Sar Levi as Shmuel Tzvi, Chan ben Pesach, the Reyes Bashur, Rav ben Arbaruch, Benachman Rav Moshe Alevi, and Rav Moshe ben Nachman Alevi, and Rav Fushalema Yehudis Bas Miriam. So we're up to the bottom of Ayin Vav Amid Beis, the bottom line. Let me just explain what's going on. It's very simple. Today's stuff is very pleasant. Stuff. Very simple. Very pleasant. Stuff. Uh, what we had in the Mishnah is like this. The Mishnah says, if a person says, So a man says, this is your divorce if I don't show up in 12 months. So, meaning, when does the divorce take place? After 12 months. If after 12 months, he didn't say, he didn't say, he didn't say it's retroactive. He's saying, on January 1st, 2022, he's saying, if I don't show up January 1st, 2023, we should be divorced then. So, if he dies six months in, they're not divorced. Why? Because the divorce takes place 2023. At that point, he's already dead. You can't be divorced after you're already dead. Fine. Then the, Mish- the Gemara said, that's the Mishnah, then the Gemara said, Rav Yossi disagrees. Why? Because Rav Yossi always holds that whenever you have a date on the document, it's always retroactive. So, therefore, even though you said 2023, but the date says 2022, we go back. The Gemara just clarifies. Amr Abaya says... So according to Rav Yossi, you have this thing that like even if you didn't say a lashon of retroactive like me'achshav, me'hayom, but you have the date and the document, that's like saying me'hayom, that's like saying me'achshav. So the Gemara just wants to clarify. Am Rabbaya, hakol mo'idim, everyone agrees, let's say a guy gives a wife a get and he says, when the sun rises, when the sun comes up in the morning, meaning if a guy... If a guy says the word when, so when the sun rises, when it turns January 1st, 2023, a person stipulizes with the word when, then then even Rav Yossi agrees, meaning like this, don't, if you read yesterday's Gemara, if we were just stop after yesterday's Gemara, it would seem the Rav Yossi holds that whenever it says a date and the document, it's always retroactive to that date, regardless of what you said. No, that's not fair. If a person stipulates with his wife, he says, we are divorced, when it turns January 2023, then I don't care the date in the document is 2022. You said when. When equals then. Like, that's the point. If you said when, then it'll happen when you want it to happen. So if you use the Lushen of when, what the Lushen is... Uh, uh, when it happens, then that's you stipulating later. I don't care that there's a date in the document. There's no shayla. Fine. Then if you said, almanas, if you said on condition it reaches January 2023, the word on condition is retroactive. So when is in the future? Re- on condition is retroactive. There's no machlokus about that. If you use the word almanas, which is on condition, that's always retroactive. So there's no machlokus yet. On condition, retroactive. When is later? What's the whole machlokus? The machlokus is if you said if. Meaning, we're divorced if I don't come back 2023. If. 
If is when there's a machlokas Rav Yossi in the Rabbanon. Rav Yossi said, if you said if, which is an ambiguous term, and you have a date in the document, we go with the date in the document. The Rabbanon feel no, if is also later on. So the machlokas is dafka if you use the terminology of if. The Gemara says, Mar savar laka Rav Yossi, Rav Yossi would say that if you said if, you go with the date in the document, and therefore it's like now. And the Rabbana disagree, they say, no, if means later. So therefore, that's the machlek. It's a zafka views the lotion of if. Okay, fine. One more point in the Gemara, just to finish up this parak. The Mishnah said that if a person, the Mishnah had two cases. Case number one. A guy says to two Adam, if I don't show up in 12 months, write and give a get to my wife. Okay? So if I don't show up in 12 months, write and give a get to my wife. They wrote the get within 12 months. They delivered it after, but they wrote it within. No good. No good. Because he said, write and deliver after 12 months. You can't write within 12 months. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the first case. Then the Mishnah says a second case, which is Kisvu Tnu He says, Kisvu Tnu Im Write and give a get to my wife if I don't show up after 12 months. So instead of saying, if I don't show up after 12 months, write and give a get to my wife, he said, write and give a get to my wife if I don't show up after 12 months. And then they write it within 12 months that the Rabbanans say, no good. Rabbi Yossi says it's fine. Yeah? Didn't we have a thing where if somebody was on the other side of the river yeah. and yeah, how did that tie in? That was where you made a stipulation and the question was when he says if I don't show up, he's there but you see him but he's not technically on the same side of the river. Is that a fulfillment of the stipulation of showing up or not? That's a side point. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Gemara says okay. like this. So the Gemara says, Rav Yossi argues in the second case. The question is, what would he say about the first case? If the first case where a guy says, if I don't show up in twelve, write a get, if I don't show up in twelve months, write and give a get to my wife. He, they wrote it within twelve months. They're going to say no good. He said, write it after twelve months. You can't write it within twelve months. The question is, why does Rav Yossi disagree in the second case, and why does he disagree in the first case as well? So the Gemara says, Amrli Rav Ravashi, Rav Yossi Ksav Get Al Tanai Kosher. Meaning like this, the Rabbonin's opinion is pretty simple, and that is, you said, after 12 months, write and give a get to my wife. You wrote it during 12 months? No good. You cannot write a get, not the way I want it. I'm the husband, you as the shliach cannot deviate from my plans. Why is Rav Yossi okay with it? So the Gemara says, it must be Rav Yossi holds, if you make a condition for writing the get, upon a condition, contingent upon a condition, and you don't fulfill the condition, kosher. Meaning, Rav Yossi seems to hold that if they wrote the get, even though it's not the way the husband writes it, wants it, eh, who cares? Meaning, the husband says, write it after 12 months. They wrote it during 12 months. The Rabbana say, no good. Rav Yossi's like, eh, I'm sure it's fine. Why? It must be that Rav Yossi holds that a person doesn't really care, even though he makes a condition for how the get should be written, he doesn't really care. That's what it seems like. That if you made a condition to write the get, I want you to write the get standing on one leg, and you write standing on two legs, 
It's fine. It seems like Rav Yossi just doesn't, con- he's not concerned about how the get is written. So Gemara says, no, 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 no. In general, Rav Yossi actually cares. Why does Rav Yossi disagree in this case? Kamara says like this, no, no, no. Raviosi agrees that it has to be done the way the husband writes it. They argue the, the way the husband stipulated. The machlekes is how did the husband stipulate? Meaning, the husband said the following terminology: write and deliver a get to my wife if I don't show up in twelve months. Does that mean the machlekes of Yosef and the Rabbanan is when does the husband want you to write it? He said, write and deliver a get to my wife if I don't show up. The Rabbanan say, well, that means that. If you don't show up after 12 months, then you write and deliver it. Rav Yossi says, no, it means write it now and deliver it after 12 months if I don't show up. So they, they both agree that it has to be the way the husband wants it. The machleik is, is, how does the husband want it in this case? He said, He said, like, if he said, listen, if he said, if I don't show up in 12 months, write again from my wife, then it's clearly write it after 12 months. Over here, he said, write and deliver it, get to my wife if I don't show up. The Rabbanon say, that means if you don't show up, after 12 months, write and deliver it, get to my wife. If you write it before 12 months, no good. Rabbi Yossi says, no, this is how you're supposed to understand what he means. Write it now and deliver it after 12 months. So it's a machlegis portion of what is the kavana of the husband. Okay. Now, just to end off the parak, the Gemara says like this. Let me ask you a question. Let's say I say to you, uh, it should be a get if, I, if I'm not back after, after this year. If I'm not back after this year. So how much time do I have? Does that mean that the first of Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, it's too late? Do I have, do I have till Sukkot? Do I have, like how much, like I say, I'm, I'm showing up after, right after this year. If I'm not back right after this year, no good. So when's the, when's the breaking point? So the Gemara says, If a husband said, this is if you this is your get, if I don't return after this Shemitah cycle. So what does that mean? So it means after the Shemitah cycle, now we're divorced. Now the question is, what does it mean after the Shemitah cycle? Let's say he shows up, Shemitah is a seven-year process. Let's say he shows up a week after Shemitah. That's too late. He said, if I don't show up after Shemitah, then we're divorced. What does that mean? So the Gemara says Shana. He has one year afterwards. Meaning, it, he, you have Shemitah, which is the seventh year. That entire next year, he can still show up. Because he said, if I don't show up after Shemitah. So that full year, he has to return. If he does not return for that full year, then they're divorced. So my question stands over here. Before, what's the question? What's the question? If he comes on the other side of the river and he's too late, why is that too late? Why is he too late over there and but not over here? Well, it's the same thing because we're just trying to figure out what, what whether it's a that's from a previous Gemara. Over here he's saying, if I don't show up after Shemitah, what does he mean? It doesn't, the, the, it, the, the terminology is more ambiguous. Over there he said, I'm showing up here. He's not here. He's across the river. Over there he said, listen, if I don't show up right after Shabbos, very simple. If I don't show up right after Shabbos and we're divorced, what's right after Shabbos? Is that Matzah Shabbos? Is that Sunday? Is that Monday? It, it's a little more of an ambiguous turn. I hear your question, but my point is over here, the terminology is a little more ambiguous. That's my point. I got it. It's the terminology that they use. Yeah. Okay. What are you saying? So the, so the terminology is, is is different if you go ahead and say a number. Of course. Versus, also, versus... also the size of the time. 
there's a difference between after Shabbos than after Shemitah. Shemitah is a seven-year cycle, so you're going to have a lot more time. So you have one year. Then it says, Ashana, let's say a person says, I'm saying, Lach Ashana, let's say a person says, listen, if I don't come back after this year, we're divorced. So what does it mean after this year? Salach is Chodesh. You have all of Tishrei. So if you don't come back after this year, that means after Tishrei, we're divorced. You have Tishrei still. Let's say a person says, listen, uh, it's the beginning of Kislev. If I'm not back after Kislev, we're divorced. So what does that mean? You have Kislev, and then you have Shabbos. You have one week into Tevis. So you're allowed all of Kislev to return and one week. If one week into Tevis, you're not here, then we're divorced. So then what about Lacha Shabbos? My, what if a person says, I'm divorced if I'm not back here after Shabbos? What does that mean? Does that mean Matzah Shabbos? Does that mean Sunday? So the Gemara says a rule. Yosef Rav Zera Kamer Kamei Ravasi Vekamer Ravasi Kamei Rav Yochanan Vekamer Chad B'Shabbos Trei B'Shabbos Tlosa B'Shabbos Ar B'Shabbos Ar B'Chamishim Ali Shabbos Kamei Shabbos. This is the rule. The rule is that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are considered an extension of the previous week. That's why you could still do Havdalah for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is already considered the beginning of the following week. Therefore, if a person says, in other words, if a person says, listen, I'm divorced, I'm not back after Shabbos, you have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Because Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are still considered the, an extension of the previous week. Now the Gemara says, Tanya, Rebbe, Oymer, L'Achar, Rega. Let's say a person says, listen, if I'm not back after Sukkot, so he's not picking a time, he's not month, week. He says a yomtif. If I'm not back after Sukkot. So what does that mean? Let's say Sukkot, does that mean that the second Sukkot is over? Simchas Torah, you're out. Do you have a week? Do you have a month? So the Gemara says, Shloishim Yoim. You have 30 days to return after the yomtif. No, that's the teaching of Rebbe. Nafik Ravchia taught this in the name of Rebbe and they praised it. They were happy that Rebbe said this. But then he once taught it just as a stam, Rabbanon Omer instead of Rebbe, Loikosua. They were not happy. Because obviously we don't paskin that way. Meaning, this teaching of Rebbe is not what we paskin like. So when Ravchia taught in the name of Rebbe, they were like, okay, that's cool, that's the teaching of Rebbe. But when Ravchia started ta- teaching it Stam, as the Rabbanon say, as if it's like in a commonly accepted psak, that the Rabbanon were not so fan- fans of because they're like, listen, we don't paskin like this. Okay, Okay, we're now beginning... Um, if we were in yeshiva, this would be very, very difficult. But for dafits, it's not hard. But from like a lumbus perspective, this is like this is the like sugya of gittin, and that is chotzer uh, being koina and yad being koina and all that stuff. We know that when it comes to a get, the divorce has to go into her hand. It says yada on the pasuk, but the gemara understands as the mishnah is going to describe. It doesn't actually have to go to her hand. You could throw it into her bathroom. You could throw it into her chotzer. That'll also be called, because a chotzer is kona. So anything that's in her domain will suffice. The mishnah says like this: Hazara get lishto. If you throw a get to your wife, and she's in her house, or in her courtyard, and they'll get lands on her backyard. Yeah, she's divorced. Why? Because a chotzer is kona. Now the Gemara is going to ask a very simple question, which is, how does a woman have her own chatzar and it's not the husband's? Right? Masha kana isha kana baila. Everything she owns belongs to her husband. So what does it mean that it's her chatzar? As her chatzar, it's his chatzar. No, but we'll talk about it in the Gemara. We'll describe it fine. But kitzer, it's her chatzar. So you throw it into her chatzar, she is divorced. But zarach labatech But if you throw to get to her while she's inside his house, or inside his courtyard, afilu ima bimita, even if she's in the same bed with him, meaning it has to be her house and not his house. If you throw it to his house, she's not going to acquire it. So the, basically there's two ways to give her a get. Either in her hand or in her property. But not in his property. 
But if you threw the get into her lap, or into her basket, meaning, even in the husband's house, if she holds it in her hand, or in her lap, or, by the way, in her pocketbook, then that's divorced, because that's considered her chatzar within his chatzar. Okay, it's her property within his property. Now, so you see from this Gemara, from the Mishnah, there's two ways for a woman to get divorced, either Yada or Chatzera. Okay, so the Gemara explains. We not immediately had it. Correct, but we're going through Psukim now, we're going to go through Lamdis, of what's the Lamdis of a Chatzera, is a Chatzera Matam Yad, Matam Shlichus. Sounds like the, today's daft like sounds like 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 a achroinish chakira as opposed to a gemara. It's interesting. The gemara says like this: Minani mili. How do I know this? The Tanur Rabban of the Brisa says: Minasa biyada. You place it in her hand. That's the pasuk says. Ainly eliyada. I only know you could divorce her by putting in her hand. Gaga chatsera karfifa minai. And how do I know that you could put the get in her roof, her courtyard, or her like enclosure, like a like an enclosed patio? Tamalim revinasan. The Pasuk says, and you give it to her, however it gets to her, as long as it gets to her property, that's enough. So you see a special riboy that it's either Yada or her property, regarding a get. The truth is, we find the same thing by a ganav. The Pasuk says that if you find a, lo- a stolen object by a ganav, he has to pay kefil. The Pasuk says, you find the stolen object in his hand. Now let me ask you a question, what if he stole a guitar, right? So he has to pay for two guitars. Now let's say you don't find it in his hand, you find it in his car, in his backyard. Does that mean he doesn't have to pay? Because the Pasuk says, Biyado. I only know that he has to pay Kefel if you find the stolen object in his hand. And how do I know that if you find the stolen object? In his property, he also has to pay. The Pasuk says, you should find it, surely find it anywhere that it's found. So you find the same exact concept by a get and by a stolen object. And the Gemara says, why do you need both? Just tell me once and I'll figure it out. That a chatzar works like a yad. Utsricha, the reason why you need both is for the following reason. Yashmin and Gabi get. If you only had this principle regarding get, that her hand is lav dafka her hand, but her property is the equivalent of her hand, I would say, yeah, I would say maybe that's only true by a get, that we're pretty lenient and inclusive of how to get it to her, right? Right? The question is like this, if it just said by get, could I learn out a stolen object from a get? I would say no. Why? Because I'd say, yeah, by a get, we're inclusive of her chatzar because you could divorce her against her will. So the whole ability to divorce her is pretty lenient, it's pretty inclusive, it's pretty easy to divorce her. So maybe the Torah included her backyard and her car because you're able to divorce her easily. But other areas of halacha, other areas of kinyanim, like stolen objects, where there's no such musig of against your will, maybe the Torah is a stickler, it's got to be his hand. So therefore, if it just said by a get, I would not learn a ganav from it. And the opposite, and if I only knew it by a ganav that we include his car in his backyard, I would say, yeah, because the Torah wants to punish him. He's a thief. But meaning, maybe in general, it has to be in someone's hand. But by a ganav, we want to punish him because he's a thief. But by a get, where we don't want to punish her, maybe a dafka has to be in her hand. Therefore, the Pasuk has to include her chatzar by a ganav and her chatzar by a get. Okay, chatzera. Now the Gemara asks a very simple question, and that is, how do you have her have a chatzer? Right? You, oh, you throw it into your wife's backyard. So what does it mean? It means she has her own house. How does she have her own house? Even though technically, yes, on the deed, it could be she has her own house. 
but how does she have her own house if everything she owns belongs to her husband? Whatever the woman acquires, her husband acquires. Then how could the get ever be placed in her courtyard? It's always his courtyard. So the Gemara says basically two approaches. The first approach is, Amar Avalazar, the case is where the husband waives the property. Meaning, the husband says, this is not my property. Meaning, you're right. If she, let's say the husband, she has her own bank account, whatever it is. She buys a house. It doesn't matter. It belongs to the husband. The answer is, the case is where the husband specifically said, before he divorced her, he said, I have nothing to do with this house. This is your house. Now here's the kasha. The kasha is, that doesn't work. <laughs> Saying that doesn't do anything. The Gemara says, What does that do? If a man, let's say me and Menashe have a partnership and we both own a house together, right? We both own a property that we sell for real estate. I own 50%, you own 50%. And I say, I don't have anything to do with this house anymore. You know what I said? Nothing. It didn't do anything. I use all these terminologies. I don't have anything to do with this house. My hand is removed. It doesn't work. Why? For, for, I'll tell you why. It's very simple. For you to have this, the 50% that I have, I want to give it to you, I either have to write it that you, it's yours. I have to make it a Kenyan for you. I have to be mafkarit. Saying, I don't have anything to do with this. It's nothing. What is that? Well, what does that mean? I have nothing to do with this house. It sounds like a dramatic way of saying you don't want to deal with me. But it's not. that's not Hefker because Hefker means anybody could acquire it. And I'm not giving it to you. It's not like I'm making a Kenyan Khalib in Wendanasha to take the 50%. So I just said I don't have anything to do with this. That's an irrelevant term. So go back. What did the husband do? The husband said, I have nothing to do with this house. But what does that do? with? How does that help? So the Gemara says, The answer is, you're right. So a husband saying that doesn't do anything once they're married. Meaning, once they're married, right, she's bringing, let's go a simple case. They didn't buy houses for wives back then. That wasn't the case. The case was she brought a house into the marriage, right? Part of her nechse melug, or, or nechse melug, was she brought a house. So you throw the get into that house. The problem is, the second they get married, it goes to the husbands. The answer is, when the husband, when they had Kedushin before Nisun, before they were fully married, the husband said, I, I am, I'm not taking this. The halach is, that works. Meaning, once it becomes the husband saying, a man, once they're already married and everything becomes the husband's, and then the husband just says, I have nothing to do with this house, that's an irrelevant term. But, before they're married, the husband can stipulate, I don't want to take it. Meaning, this is a concept that we have a lot of times in halacha, that it's easier to prevent something than to remove something, right? You have this also like in practicality, right? It's much easier to prevent an engagement than to, than to get divorced, right? Once you're already in it, it's much harder. So too it is in this way as well. If the husband, before they're married, if he stipulates, listen, I don't want to acquire your house. It's yours. I don't want anything to do with it. Then it stays hers. Once it's his, that's not a good law. Okay. The Gemara says, Why does this work? If you have a rabbinic enactment, meaning, part of the reason why this also works, that a husband before they get married can say, I don't want anything to do with your house, and it works, is because it's only a rabbinic enactment. Meaning, it's not like the Torah. Like, listen, if the Torah says it's yours, okay, shine, I can't override the Torah. This is the rabbi saying it. A person can say, oh, the shana. If there's a rabbinic Yerusha, a person can say, I don't want it. Okay. Okay, the Rava, as Rava said, I'm a Rava, go to the next page. If a person says, listen, the rabbi's made a takana to help me, but I don't want it, 
That is fine. Kagoin zu. Like there's another case that Rav has said this. So in this case, the rabbis enacted that the wife's property goes to the husband. So if the husband says, I'm not interested. Okay, shine. So he's not interested. He's not interested. Now what was the case that Rav actually said that a person can say, I'm not interested in Takanas Chazal to help me. I'd rather just, uh, you know, uh, get out of this. There was a takana, if you remember this in Ksubis, um, the takana is, technically a woman has a salary, right? It goes to the husband. Why? The rabbis enacted that it goes to the husband as a, uh, in order to incentivize the husband to, to, to give her, uh, to take care of her financially. Meaning, you have a responsibility to give your wife food money to make sure. So it's sort of like a tick, tick for tat. You give her the food money, you get her earnings. Let's say a woman says, you know what? I'd rather keep my earnings. I'll be fine. I don't need my husband to take care of me. I, I'm good. I'm strong. I'm a strong woman. I'm good. The halacha, she could say that. Why? Because that's a takanas chazal to benefit her. The only reason why we're taking her, 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 her salary away is to help her because we want the husband to take care of her. If she's not interested, she's not interested. So that's the first answer of how do you have a house that belongs to the woman exclusively that you're throwing to get into her property? The case is that she brought a house into the marriage and before they got married, the husband said, I'm not interested in taking this house. I don't want it. That's the first answer. Rava has a much more lumdish answer, and he says like this. Rava is an interesting question. The question is like this. Okay, we're trying to figure out how her chatzar works. What's the other way to divorce a woman? Put it into her hand. Rava says, doesn't the husband also own her hand? Right, the husband owns her. He also owns her hand, which, by the way, pause, the Gemara is going to address. He doesn't own her hand, but the Gemara is assuming, doesn't he own her hand as well? Right? She has to work, meaning her, if he gets her, her salary, that means that he owns her hands. So how, how do you ever divorce a woman? Right? Forget about a property. A property is a unique way. What's the way that the Torah says works? You give it into her hand. But doesn't the husband own her hand? So the Gemara says, It must be that, yes, technically, the husband may own the hand, but the second you give a divorce, the freedom and her hand happen at the same time. Meaning... She gets her hand back when she's divorced. So the second you give a divorce, she, she gets her freedom and her hand at the same time. So too it is with the chatzer. The case is like this, very simple. You have a woman who has her own backyard. Yeah, I technically belongs to the husband. When I throw the divorce to her, you know what happens at the exact same time? She becomes free and she reacquires her property all at the exact same time. It's simultaneous. So that's how it works. Yes, it technically belongs to the husband, but the whole point of a get is it severs it. As it's severing it at the exact split same moment, it's severing their relationship and giving her chatzar back and being acquired by her chatzar. It's all happening simultaneously. And my proof is, how do you ever give a woman a divorce? It goes into her hand. The hand belongs to the husband. So the Gemara says, uh, no, it doesn't. Amalei Ravina Ravashi, Rava, You don't own her hand. No, no, no one, no one says that's like a weird, like a weird misinterpretation of like that's more like an Islamic thing you hear of. Oh, oh, man doesn't own his wife's hands. He maybe has rights to her salary potentially, but he doesn't own her body. He can't just oh, what he could just grab her hand all day. Of course not. So what's the kasha? How do you ever divorce her? You give it into hand. You own her hand. No, you don't. It says no, no, no. Rava was not talking about a divorce of a woman. He was talking about the divorce of a slave. How do you ever emancipate a slave? A slave, you actually own their hands. You actually own their body. How do you ever emancipate a slave? The answer is, when you give them the, the emancipation document, 
and they have they acquire their freedom, they get their hand and they get their freedom and they get the document all like that. That's what Rava was talking about. He wasn't talking about a divorce of a woman. He was talking about a divorcing a slave, emancipating a slave. Assuming, it's a shayla, but assume that you could divorce, you can emancipate a slave by handing him in his hand an emancipation document. How do you do that? You definitely own his hands. You have to say that it's happening simultaneously. So too it is with divorcing a woman. You can throw it into her backyard, even though technically the backyard belongs to the husband, but you're throwing it in, you're severing the relationship, she's getting her backyard and acquiring the get at the exact same time. So that's the approach of Rava, how you could divorce, how it could be her chatzar, is that it's that she acquires her chatzar at the exact same time. That was Rava, okay? Now the Gemara says like this, remember that's that Rava's shtikl taira is that it basically can be his backyard, as long as you throw the divorce document I mean, it's her backyard, but it belongs to him, so that's fine. Because uh, now the Gemara says like this: There was a seriously ill man. This is what happened. Okay, he writes a divorce document for his wife because he knows he's dying. He puts it in the kitchen. Okay, he forgot to give it to her yet, but he left it on the kitchen counter. Okay, on Shabbos morning. He got very, very ill. Now he's got to divorce her now. The problem is like this. Basically, he's got to divorce her on Shabbos because he can't wait to watch the Shabbos because he may not live. So you could divorce a woman on Shabbos, technically. There's no, there's no, there's no chil Shabbos like that. The problem is, again, it's muksa. How do you hand it to her? So you'd think, like, I don't know, like I'm sure there are ways to figure it out, but the Gemara is saying, it's muksa. You can't hand her again. So they came before Rava to try to figure out What's the uh, proper approach? Amrlu, he said, Zilu Amrle, go and tell the husband, Liknin Halel who duchta diyase begita, Vitezli, Vitich, Vitiftach, Vitachsakbe. Titanan, no other parrots, Kolshu, Hareze Chazaka. Here's what you do let her acquire the kitchen. Right? Meaning, the get is in the kitchen. You can't hand her the get because it gets muksa. So let her acquire the kitchen. So lease her the entire kitchen. Make her be kind of the kitchen. By the way, how do you kind of on property? You close and open the door. Because you do any physical improvements to the actual property itself. A kitchen that doors open is not very safe. You close the door, that's called an act of chazaka. So basically, lease her the room, make her do a kinyan chazaka, she'll acquire the kitchen. Once it's her chutz, she'll acquire the get. Okay? That's what Rava's solution was. On Shabbos, which uh, Kinyanim acquiring, I guess, is less of a Durabonan than Muksa. I guess not. It's it's interesting. I, well, I mean, closing the door is not such a tick. And the question is, why are you allowed to make Kinyanim? I guess, even though there is a rabbinic prohibition, it's not as severe as Muksa. So that's what Rava felt is the best solution. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So that's what Rava's solution is. Now the problem was Amalei Rav Ilish Lo Rava Rav Ilish said to Rava Mashakin Kana Isha Kana Baila I don't know what's the whole solution she acquires the kitchen but it automatically goes back to the husband Mashakin Isha Kana Baila which is our whole discussion our the whole discussion Rav Ilish said to Rava Ichsef he got embarrassed he got embarrassed he didn't know the answer so it turns out they found out afterwards that this man who was dying they had never have never actually been fully married it was just kedushin. 
If you remember, we had a shayla. How do you ever have a chatzah that belongs to the wife? Masha kana isha kana baila. So we had two pshatim. The first one was Rebbe Yezer, that you, if the case is that if before they have full nesuin, he says, I'm not interested, he could waive his rights before nesuin. Rava had a shtickle tire that, that's happening at the exact same time. But in this case, it turns out, they found out that the case was, the guy was dying, it was before nesuin. So you could easily waive the rights of the, of the chatzah. And he says, I'm a rabbi, I'm a benesu, I'm a So Rabbi felt a little better because he says, oh, it worked out. Because even the whole council that belongs to the husband is only before Nesuin, but is only after Nesuin. Before Nesuin, a husband, a husband could wave the rights. So he was waving the rights to the kitchen. So the Gemara says, Hada Marava. Then Rava said, You know what? I take it back. Rava said, You know what? I don't care. I don't care whether it's Erisin. I don't care whether it's Nesuin. They happen at the exact same time. So if you let her acquire the Chatzar, the Gita Vechatzera Boinkech. They're happening at the same time. So the question is like this Why was Rava embarrassed? This is Rava's whole Shikul Torah. Rava has this Yisoid. That a Gita and Chatzera Boinkech, which is that even if the Chatzar belongs to the husband, it could be a Gita Vechatzera Boinkech. So why is Rav embarrassed the first time? Didn't Rav already say this? The answer is, This is how Rav, this is the origin story of Rav Ashita. This is how Rav understood it. I don't understand, the only question I have is that according to Rav, why in the Mishnah when it says if you throw into his property, does it not work? Okay, okay, because that's his property. That's not her property that belongs to him. Okay, fine, that's the answer. Very simple. Okay, Vaiter in the Gemara. Uh, we'll just finish up the daf. This part is like mamish, like from like Yeshiva Shachakiris. It's not hard, it's just a Chakir. The Gemara says, Amr Ula, The halacha that if you throw it into her house that it works, says Ula, she has to be there. Right? It's her backyard, right? She's by her backyard, fenced in backyard. You throw the get into the backyard. The Misha says, Good. Says Ula, she's got to be by the fence, she's got to be right there. Rav Yoshi says, why does she have to be there? Meaning, understand, there's a machlaikas for her chatzar to acquire her get. Does she have to be standing there? Ula says yes. Rav Yoshi says no. Now, the Gemara just says, before it addresses why this would be, doesn't our Mishnah says that she's in her house? She's there. The Mishnah says she's there. So that kind of sounds like she has to be there. No, Huffy's I'm sorry? Didn't we, didn't we learn that um, she could, you could give it to a messenger? Um, you a sh- could, uh, she could send a messenger? And could, Correct. The shliach, it definitely works. Now we're trying to figure out whether chotzer, you're, you're getting a very good point. The Gemara is going to make this point in about a moment. So the Gemara says, Huffy Gemara, V'hi kemisha b'teich beisa, v'hi kemisha b'teich no, no, no. When the Mishnah says she has to be in her house, it means it's as if she's there. She doesn't actually have to be there. Now, what's the machlaikas? You have machlaikas. Does a woman have to be standing right by her, her chatzar? So, you made a great point. Um, she can appoint a shliach. No one has a problem with that. So, what are the two ways that we have divorces so far in the Masechta? Shliach, she doesn't have to be there. Hand, she has to be by her hand, because you can't have, <laughs> that's how it works. Your hand is right near you. The question is, it's a Hakira. Is Chatzar working metam yad or metam shlichus? Imamish does not sound like a Gemara to make this Hakira. The Gemara says, The one opinion feels that a Chatzar works as an extension of the hand, and just like the hand is near me, she has to be near the Chatzar. 
And, and the other opinion says, no, Chatzar really is working as a shliach, which is interesting, that you have a shliach of an inanimate object, that the Chatzar is a shliach of mine, and just like shlichus, I don't have to be there, Chatzar, I don't have to be there either. So the Gemara says, that means, seems to be the Chakira. The answer is no. Loi. Everyone agrees, you can't have, how can you have a Chatzar being a shliach? What does that mean, that the Chatzar is a shliach? The Chatzar is an inanimate object. No, really a Chatzar is a yad. Chatzar is an extension of her hand. When the Torah says hand, it means even chatzer. So therefore, what's the machlekes? Mar saver ki adam ayadam esmurah chatzer esmucha. Ula says, well, chatzer is an extension of her hand. That her just like she's next to her hand, she has to be next to the chatzer. The idach and Rav Oishi responds, imada bedvuku av chatzer bedvuku. What she should also have to sew her chatzer onto her body. You want to say that it's like her hand, but then she has to be attached to the chatzer? Of course not. El kiyada mayada mishdameres ledaita av chatzer mishdameres ledaita lafuki chatzer mishdameres shaloyim ledaita. The answer is no. When it says that a chatzer is like the hand, it doesn't mean in proximity. It just means just like the hand is able to acquire things for her and it has her in mind so to the chutz there has to be a guarded property where she could leave her stuff right your chutz your hand right i'm picking this up and i want to pick it up and i'm picking it up for me i don't it's not like a cartoon movie where you're you're in charge of my hands i'm in charge of my hands i'm doing it for me so a chutz also it's a guarded property for her so shine by the way how do you ever have a chutz that's not for her in ever <laughs> An Eved is a Chatzar, but it doesn't have her in mind. The point is, every Chatzar is like a Yad, it, it, not in proximity, but in functionality. Now, the Gemara says, you end with the story. The Gemara says, There was a certain man who threw a get to his wife, while she was standing in a courtyard. But the get, instead of landing on the ground, it landed on a wooden block. Let's say a giant, like a swing or whatever. It landed on a giant wooden block in the in her backyard, in the backyard. So the question is, are they divorced? It didn't land on the ground. So I'm Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said the following line: Chazina, and you have to check. You have arba amis al arba amis. If the block is four amis by four amis, palagle rishus It's its own domain, and therefore you're not divorced. The Eli, but if it's less than four by four, chada rishusahi. It's part of her domain. Now let me ask you a question. So basically it fell on the wooden block and the question is, is she divorced? The answer is, well, if it's 4 by 4 no. If it's less than 4 by 4 yes. The question is, whose backyard was this? If it's her backyard, then she owns the wooden block too. Then who cares? And if it's his backyard, she doesn't own any of it. Like, it's just weird. It's like, oh, it fell on a wooden block. If the wooden block's real big, then no good. Who cares? If it's her backyard, she owns everything in the backyard. And if it's not her backyard, then she doesn't own anything. Well, it's binary. It should be yes or no. What does it matter about the size of the wooden block? But my Eskina, I don't understand. What's the case? If it's her backyard, then she owns the block too. Then what's the matter? Oh, it fell on the monkey bars. So what? But she owns the monkey bars. It must be his backyard. If it's his backyard, it's not going to work anyway. So I don't know. They what's the case? The Gemara says, The case is, it's Menashe's backyard, but she borrowed his backyard for this process. Let's say she's using his backyard, and she says, can I borrow some of your backyard? He says, yeah, you could borrow the backyard. She's planting. She's planting a backyard. He says, you could borrow it. He threw the get, and instead of landing on the area that she borrowed, it landed on the block. If it's a large wooden block, then she never borrowed that. That's the case. The case is where she borrowed, it's your backyard. And she just said, hey, I want to plant some cucumbers. Can I borrow a little bit of land? 
I'll just borrow it. You're like, yeah, sure. I'm not using it anyway, sure. He threw the get, and instead of landing on the area that she borrowed, it landed on a giant wooden block. Uh, okay. If the block is so big, then that's considered a different domain. She didn't borrow that area. He says, Malka Mushli Inchi, Inchi. She didn't borrow two spots. So if the block is really small, then it's bottled to the ground, then okay, then it, it's subsumed by the area that she borrowed. If it's large enough, it's considered its own domain, then it's considered a separate domain for these halachis, and she didn't borrow it. And the Gemara says, just to clarify, so 4 by 4 is a problem, less than 4 by 4 is fine, but that's only true if it's not 10 high. It's a problem. If it's 10 high and 4 tzvachim wide, it's called a carmelis, and therefore it's a separate domain. And therefore, even if the block is not four amas by four amas, but if it's ten tefachim high and four tefachim wide, then it's a problem because it's considered a separate domain. Also, even if it's, let's say, a really small, but it has its own name. I don't know. It, it, uh, let's say people call it like a... Um, let's say it's like a game. There's a, that block is what kids play on. So instead of just a block of wood, they call it. Uh, I don't know. Let, let's say it was like a basketball court. Let's say whatever. Oh, oh, that's the that's the that's the gym gym wood, whatever. Because it has its own name, it's considered separate from the land. We we. So in other words, if, if, then it's a problem. Meaning, even if it's really small, but if, if it has its own terminology, then people know that it didn't land on the property she borrowed. It landed on the you know the paddleboard court. Right. So that's so, huh. Yeah, exactly. If it has its own name, then it doesn't matter the size, it's already considered a different thing. It doesn't matter the size, once it has its own name, then it's not subsumed by the area she borrowed and it's not considered a good divorce. All right, we'll stop here. My pleasure. Where are we holding uh, in the end of the Masechah? Um, 12 Daphne left? Am I not?